Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, and I want to invite you just to stand with us if you're not standing, and let's make our declarations today. And um, This is kind of long, Josh. We're going to shorten it for everybody because I've gotten feedback yes, from my family. Okay. But until I shorten it, let's say the whole thing. All right. Because we're, we're going to declare these things because this is our year of possible. Come on, everybody. So say this with me. Say, I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take dominion. I declare that 2021 is my year of possible. Things that have been impossible in my past are being being overtaken by what is possible in my future. future. Put an amen on that. Come on. I declare that 2021 is a year of divine conjunction where God has been and is working all things together from my past and present for my future good. I declare that according to Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I declare this year, 2021, with God, come on, y'all, all things are possible. And lastly, I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, that I'm wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Thank you so much for being here. You may be seated. Tell somebody you're glad they're with you on your way down. Come on, just tell them that. Glad you're with me. Well, uh, today uh, is some of my heaven on earth because my girls sang to me. Josh is going to speak with me. And it just doesn't get for me any better on this side of heaven than that. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Josh. Yes, sir. For Being a son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm actually wearing a a jacket that Josh had made for me with our family crest on the back of it. And so it's pretty cool. And then I'm wearing Jordans for you today. Oh, so you're you're styling, son. You're styling for me today wearing your 11s. Yes, sir. And uh, your gammas. Is that what it is? These are the, they're called the cap and gown, but that's okay. Whatever they are, they look good. (laughs) And, uh, now I've got my Papa Gorilla shirt on today. Yes, sir. You got your and Jordans so, on? Yeah, I do. Hall of Fame Jordans? It's Hall of Fame. Anyway, so grateful to have you here. Well, it is After, great. you know, two years later, you could be dead right now. Yeah. You know, we got to enjoy, some of you don't know that. It's like, wow, how, how many we're of starting there, You could there, be huh? dead right could now, be dead. but you're here. Thank you for being Anybody? here and for being alive. That's, hey, that's a gift. Your presence is a present. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So uh, last this Friday night, we got to sit down and enjoy a burger together. Yeah. And two years ago, on that same Friday night of Father's Day, you're in the hospital having a massive heart attack. Yeah. So I'm grateful that you're here every day. Uh, yeah. That we get to spend time together. It was kind of crazy, you know. I have a picture yeah. here of you. This is the picture mm. I received on Friday night of 2019. Uh, my mom texted us, our family this picture and said, uh, your dad's in the hospital, just letting you know, and we're okay, everything's good. Well, long story short, they found out you're having a massive heart attack, took you in, put a stent in your, one of your arteries that was 100% blocked yeah. and uh, saved your life. And on, on Sunday, on Father's Day of 2019, they came in and said, you know, you're a miracle because number one, you walked into the hospital, you weren't dead with 100% blockage. But number two, you didn't have any permanent heart damage or anything. And they released you straight yeah. from the ICU to yeah. the street. Yeah. Amen. And uh, so... 
When I say you could be dead, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, long story short, I just finished a, a pretty grilling workout, but it wasn't about that. It wasn't my heart. I actually had, I had very thick blood, and so the, basically it, it caused some lacerations on the inside of my arteries, and uh, we were on the way to the hospital. Sheila, you know, and I, I told her on Friday, sent our family a group text and just said, this is the night where, you know, if mom hadn't been with me in Florida, I would have been dead, not because I refused to go to the doctor, but because I've, I've, I've lived inflicting pain on my body my whole life. Mm. And so I felt pain in my chest. I just never felt it like that. And I thought it would pass. And so after about two hours and her reading the symptoms, she goes, I think we should go to the hospital. She called the hospital. I said, yes, come. So about halfway to the hospital, so it had already been about two and a half hours, halfway to the hospital, I was about 30 minute drive from our house there. And uh, I felt everything stop. Now you're, you're sitting here today and everything's moving. Your heart's beating, uh, your blood's flowing. You're, you, don't you don't feel the sensation of blood flowing through your veins, but when it stops, it's a different kind of feeling. And that day on the way to the, to, to the hospital, it stopped. I didn't say anything to Sheila, but I thought in my mind, this is what it feels like to die. And she looked over at me and she obviously could tell something was happening. I mean, of course we knew something was going on, but she said, are you okay? I said, well, we just need to get there. Well, she was already driving crazy, but then she went really crazy. And so it was amazing. And so the fact that I walked into the hospital um, uh, of, of my own power, you know, power and the doctor said two days later, in 30 years, I've seen two miracles. First of all, you walked in here with 100% blockage. And number two, you're being released at ICU today because the fact is, is that there is no kidney damage. There is no heart damage and it's a miracle. I've seen two miracles in my life and you're both of them. So I'm grateful for Father's Day. I'm yeah. grateful to be here. I'm grateful you're here. Me too. And, um, so Father's Day has always been significant though, even for our church. In, in yeah. 2004, uh, this building over here where you dropped your kids off uh, was actually our first phase. It was our first sanctuary, our first auditorium, our first building that we built. And we dedicated that on Father's Day of 2004. Yeah. And so that's Pastor Keith and Sheila, just 2004 vibes all the way, collar out of the jacket, <laughs> you know, got to do it. And uh, so you, you'll see some pictures just kind of as they scroll through And there. Josh said in the first service, that was my uh, pre-hair pre -hair transplant. Pre-hair transplant. So everyone's so. getting to see me pre-hair transplant because one of Courtney's stipulations is... I can do a lot of things, but I can't lose my hair. Well, well but anyway. you know what? Some people look great bald. We that's just That's what don't. I said. Courtney doesn't believe that, though. Yeah, so, uh, so that's us. I was wearing black all the way back then. There's so. a, that's, that's styling back in 2004. I'm not sure what was going on with that shirt. That's beautiful. The good thing is when you get to see all the years and the... Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just crazy. So 17 years ago, we, we opened this building. And then fast forward to today, if you've been, if you've been here the past... Uh, three weeks, four weeks of our church. We're, we're in the middle of just one of the most special times in the history of our church since yeah. we launched our church. And that's just relaunching our entire church next weekend. We're adding a third service, 1 p.m. service for the future. We're investing more in the next generation than, than really we ever have. And the fact that we're talking about that around Father's Day is so, is so significant uh, for us. So two years yeah. ago, it was like this beautiful thing. 17 years ago, it's this beautiful thing. And even, even now, there's a, it's a mile marker. Yeah, and, this um, is the last service of the way things have been. Yes, Next sir. weekend, we'll have three services. The one o'clock service will be primarily uh, younger people focused. But if you're like me, 
you're going to be there. And uh, so it's going to be awesome. And it's, it, it'll be youth led. It'll be awesome. I mean, it'll so. just, it's just so, so, so God does really interesting things in us and in our life, in our, in the life of our church around Father's Day. And for most people though, Father's Day is not really a super special time. Mother's yeah. Day is more that, yeah. you know, most, most dads are like, Hey, let's well, you know, in the church world, or... this is the way it's typically worked. Not in our church, but in a lot of churches, you come on mother's day and it's, Oh, we love the mothers. The mothers are just so amazing. Thank God for all the mothers. Then you come to father's day and the father's day, just get the snot beat out of them when they come to church. Like you need to do that. Anyway. So we're not, 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 in, not in this church. <laughs> we celebrate you that you're a father and you win in life. If you do two things, if you give people something to respect and God, something to work with, he just needs a little bit to work with yeah. and he does great, great things yeah. in our life. Yeah. Amen. So yeah. anyway, happy Father's Day. But it, it is, you know, Josh, what we make, and I really want you to hear this, what we make significant to God becomes significant to him. Some people never understand this and they make all the wrong things significant to God. In other words, they, what, they're, what they're doing is they're saying, hey, God, I need you to come do this. Hey, and, and the more God does for them, then the more they believe in God. And if, if God doesn't do what they want him to do, like a genie in the bottle, then they doubt God. But here's, here's the fact. God desires us to make important to us what's important to him and not for us always to be in a posture where we're trying to get God to make important to him what's important to us. And that's a very significant thing. And I just felt kind of in my heart this weekend, Josh, we were just gonna talk a little bit, but I felt in my heart, there's been a lot of mandates that have come down uh, in the last uh, you know, year and a half or so. And uh, I won't talk a lot about that because I don't wanna get sidetracked. It'd be very easy yeah. for me to get sidetracked. But uh, you know, one of those was a mask mandate. Yeah, like yeah, a they're, mask, they're, no, hang on just a second. So like a mask- <laughs> I'm gonna talk about it, I'm gonna talk about it. A mask mandate. Okay, so anyway, uh, so, so there are good mandates but, though. Yeah, sometimes there are. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. But, but, talk about but, the good but listen, but here's the thing. So I get on an airplane. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm down in Florida. Nobody's wearing masks. We go, we get in the airport, mask up, get on an airplane, mask up. Like that's going to help me. So anyway, I've had enough of it. So I'm like, I mean, from the, before it ever started, I had yeah, enough of there's it. There's light at anyway, the end of the tunnel I know, there. But anyway, here, so let me just get this out. So, okay, so, just, so, so anyway, I, my thought was, I want to give a good mandate. Yes. And that's a father's mandate. Yes, that's what we need. And just, yes, Positive mandates. That's what, that's what we need. Yes. And so anyway, uh, one, one other side note. Okay. <laughs> just one other quick side note. How many of y'all, when you were growing up, like you just did everything your parents ever said. You never had one rebellious thought. If you're here and you grew up and you just were the perfect child, you never did anything, no rebellious thought with your children. Could I just see, with your parents, could I just see your hands? Only Pastor oh, Sheila. Someone's... Okay, so, <laughs> so here's the bottom line. In, the, in our country, like some ridiculous stuff has come down, but we just like, okay, yeah, all right, that's like, that's I don't know a time. If that's been the response for some people. Well, that's the time. Sometime, whatever this spirit in yeah. us is to be free, that needs to rise okay. up and say, you know what? Yeah. We just need. That's the time. If you want to rebel, that's the time. Anyway, that's. I've said it. So I have a lot of things I like to say, but we're tired to talk about fathers. Yes. <laughs> the positive mandates. And, and by the, the way, God when the righteous rule, the people are happy. Yeah. And so that's, that's what's supposed to happen with fathers. They're supposed to rule in God's way of doing things. So yes. anyway, the fathers Because we've talked that. a lot. I mean, you know, Pastor Keith hasn't been here to talk, but 
We've talked a lot over the past few weeks about the state of the world, and we're yeah. not happy with it. No, we're not. And so as a church, we're going to do, do stuff a little bit differently than what we see culture doing. Yeah. And that's what we're committed to. And that's really what, what fathering is. Yeah. Like I think in, in, in our relationship and in my life, when my dad did have his heart attack, I didn't think in, in my mind, like maybe, like I've heard friends think like, oh, there's so much we didn't say, and I wish I would have forgiven him, or I wish he would have forgiven me, or I wish we would have had a certain relationship. I just thought, like, who's going to really believe the best in me? Who's going to really be for me? If my dad dies, I don't, I don't have someone like that. that I just know absolutely they're, they're, they're out in front of me, and they're leading the way, and they're helping me along with them. And that's what we believe great leaders do. That's what we believe great mothers do and great fathers do. That there's a, there's a mandate that when you become a parent or when you become a leader, when you buy into that, there's actually a mandate that, that comes with that. Yeah. And Because uh, mandates can be good things. Yeah, it, they can be good things. And here's, here's what a mandate was supposed to be. Never about, supposed to be about a mask or just the silliness of yeah, we're gonna... Anyway, so a mandate... <laughs> is an authority given by one person to another to do certain things or take some course of action accepted by the other. On a very high level, a mandate is to authorize or decree, to entrust and to empower. So the father mandate, Josh, is to authorize, to use the authority that God's been given to you and to understand that God really does have a plan for every person's life. And as, as we understand that about God, we can understand that we are God's sons, we are God's daughters in the earth. And if, if, if God is like that with us and he has a plan for our life, then, the fir then first and foremost, we need to seek to be the sons and daughters of God so that we can be God-like to the gifts of the sons and daughters that God has given us. And I feel like that's the mandate. The mandate is I've got to be a great son. If you're a daughter, you've got to be a great daughter of God so that you can represent God to your family, that you can be God-like in your family, not with the focus being on you, but the focus being on you serving God, loving God, making your life about God. And you know, God does have a plan. We've said this around here for, for a long time. In fact, if you know it, say it with me, understand the plan, follow the pattern, receive the promise. Now I want you to just, I want to pause here for just a second, because for me, in my life, I've, I've always had the privilege and the benefit of having parents who made sure I was in church. And so I began to understand very early that God has a plan for my life. And I want to say that to you, no matter who you are, no matter where you are in your journey with God or whether you even know God or not, God has a plan for your life. You have to, as a, as a son of God and as a daughter of God, you're the one that has to say, God, I want, I want what you want for my life. Like I want your plan to happen for my life. Well, you might say, well, what is God's plan for my life? There's a lot of things I could tell you, but let me just give you one scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11, here's what God says. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Can I just tell you that God's having thoughts about you even right now? Like God has a way of thinking about you. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God has thoughts, plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to, what's this, prosper you. I want to give you some great news on this Father's Day. The Father of all fathers, the Almighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, He has a plan for your life, and the plan that He has for your life is to prosper your life. Yeah. 
He wants everything that you set your hands to do to prosper. So when we look at our life, Josh, and it's not prospering, if, if if the plan of God is not happening in our life, we gotta go to that second thing. Understand the plan. God, put it under my standing. You have a plan for my life. God, I want your plan for my life. This would just be a good time for us all to pause. Why don't we just raise our hands to God? He gave you your hands for a lot of reasons, but one of them was just to acknowledge and honor him and just say, God, I want your plan for my life. Would you just say that? God, I want your plan for my life. Now, if he indeed is the father God, he has a father's heart and plans to prosper us. Now put that back up there because here's what it goes on to say. Prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We just sang a few minutes ago, you're a good, good father. Why? Because he wants to prosper you. And so I think about my own mind, Josh, as a father. And I've, I, I wasn't just thinking, Father, when, when you came along. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, I was thinking, Father, I, I can't, because I knew Father God, and he was a father to me. He showed me very early, and some of you know this story, but he showed me very early that I was to love my own father in a way that his father didn't love him. So God put the spirit of a father in me early. Now listen very carefully. If you have a deficit in your heart about what your dad was or wasn't, you have what I call the gift of perspective. The gift of perspective is if you had a great dad, then wow, you, 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 you can utilize the lessons and all the things that you've learned from him and build your life based on that example. But if you lined up 10 people, I don't know what the odds are, but the majority of them would not have what they call good fathers. A good father is a father that's very intentional about his children. I'd I'd say it like this, and I, I wrote this for myself. The lessons of fatherhood are unconditional love, serving, tenderness, quality time, mercy, generosity, forgiveness, standards, leadership. So like as a father, those those need to be ways that I think, but, but what happens to us so oftentimes is we don't get that from our earthly father and therefore we don't have a template, Josh. Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't have a pattern. So again, understand the plan. God's the father. He has a plan to prosper me, a plan to give me hope, a plan to give me a great future. And so as a father, That's the kind of spirit that he wants me to walk with in the earth. That's the kind of revelation that he wants me to have in the earth. Why? Because the greatest gifts you will ever receive in your life are your children. And sometimes the enemy so messes up what God intended to be a great family that whether it's through divorce or whether it's through just bad decisions or whatever it is, that, that there is not an example for children yeah. to follow. One of the things I've heard you say, um, you know, because like with, well, with patterns, like there's always patterns. Like you and I, pa- people are kind of like pattern and routine driven. That's kind of how human beings work. So there's patterns we're all following, whether we realize it or not. Thought patterns, ways of being, ways of living. And we learn those somewhere. And so one of the questions that my dad always taught me to ask growing up was, who taught you to think the way that you think? And, and whoever taught you to think the way that you think, they're the one that created your pattern. 
It's like your thought processes about whatever those things are that you think about, those are the patterns that we end up following. Yeah. And, and by us following those certain patterns, we teach our kids that those are the patterns right. to follow. Um, and so in, in life, it's, it's, it's like you're saying, it's so important that we get, we get the right plan because if someone tells you, like there was a, um, there's a, there's a really great book called Mindset, if you've never read it, uh, about, about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Yeah. And we talk, we talk about that a lot in this church. Well, the author of Mindset tells this story that when she was growing up, she was really great at math. And she had a math teacher in third grade who looked at her and said, you know, girls aren't supposed to be good at math. And so from the time she's in her 60s now, so she still has to fight the thought pattern of girls aren't supposed to be good at math. And her thing is, if she would have had a growth mindset younger, she wouldn't have had a fixed mindset related to, well, I'm just not this and I'm just not that. Which, which is, that, that's what the power of patterns and are. And with our parents, yeah, and with, with you for me growing up, there's way more that you've ever seen in me than I've seen in myself. And you've helped me to have better thought, thought patterns about myself because you've understood the plan, the plan of God as it relates to my life is not for me to be like you, not for me to think that I'm not good at something or I can't do something, but your job is to help me understand the plan and follow that pattern. Yeah. What most people do is they, they take the plan of somebody else that someone told you at some point, you can't do this, you're not this, that, that's not gonna happen, that's not our family, that's not who we are in all these negative ways. And then that becomes patterns for our generational legacy that way down the line, we're still thinking that way and we're still operating that way when we can actually break that if we decide to not take someone else's plan yeah. for our life, but to go, God, what's your plan? Well, what's your plan where, for me, for my family? Well, this is where ideologies come from. Ideologies come from the stories that we tell ourselves, and they're within the context of our ethnicity or in our country or whatever, in, even in your family. There's like stories that you have that have developed an ideology that create narratives in your life. And that's what's wrong with our world today. I said, that's what's wrong with our world today, is that the, the ideologies are just that. They're ideas. They're not ideals. And it's, it's spun stories and it's spun narratives that are not based on this book. You see, what's based on this book is the true story. It's his story. It's what all history is based yeah. on. And so when we can understand that, that's the role of a father, Josh. You know, when I was, I, I can't tell you when it started, but it started in my early 20s. I thought, you know what? I need to, I need to be well-versed in a couple of areas because of what I feel like God's called me to do. I need to be well-versed well in finances. I need to be well-versed in business as much as I can. I need to be well-versed in leadership because these are all mandates that I feel like that God's put on my life. So I begin to read and I begin to read vociferously. I'm talking about, it's like nonstop with passion. And so I begin to, and, and one of the early uh, books that I read was by Robert Kiyosaki. And I thought, how interesting, rich dad, poor dad. Poor dad was his father of origin. Rich dad was his, was his father of choice because he saw a pattern in his dad of origin he didn't want to follow. Yeah. So he decided to follow his rich dad who wasn't his father of origin, but who was a template and a pattern for him so that he could create and generate the kind of generational wealth that he wanted to create. It's very important that we understand that. So in my, in my own journey, in my own walk, that's what I decided to do. I thought, you know what? Understand the plan, okay? Follow the pattern, find the patterns in this scripture. If God says with your money to give him the first dollar, don't do it your way. 
In fact, he says it this way in Malachi. He says, your fathers didn't do this, but return to me and don't rob me in tithes and offerings like your fathers did. And now watch this. He said, and with this, see if I won't open the windows of heaven over your life and pour out a blessing on you that you cannot contain. And I will also rebuke the devourer on your behalf. So again, financially, biblically, we have a pattern that God says, don't do, don't do with money what your daddy did. Return to me. And so that first dollar, Josh, of every 10 that we earn belongs to God. It's like that. And then giving starts after that. Some people don't buy into that pattern. So guess what? They're not living under a kingdom prosperity mindset and mentality. What's happened is they've, they've just, you know, oh yeah, well, I, yeah, I should give a little here. should give a little. And they don't truly honor yeah, God people, as a pattern. Yeah, and all of us want the promise, but a lot of times we don't want to understand the plan or follow the pattern yeah, very well. Yeah. And that's the thing God has called us into. That yeah. As, as sons and daughters, not of our earthly parents, as sons and daughters, we have to seek to become that for God. That God, I'm your son. God, I'm your daughter. So that God can use us to leave a legacy. So that we can be God-like to the gifts that God has given us in our sons and daughters. You know, for me growing up, um, especially when I, was, when I was young, you know, I'm about to be 34, so it's different now, but when I was growing up, the, the parallel, like the analog, the overlay for me as it related to my relationship with God was my relationship with my dad. I knew what it was like to be unconditionally loved by a father because I had a natural born father who loved me that way. So I would think to myself when I was young, wow, like, if my dad feels that way about me, how much more does God feels that does God feel that way? I knew what it was like to have someone to have a father who encouraged me, who believed in me, who didn't try to make me something that I wasn't, but just spoke life into me. So if my dad feels that way, then how much more does God feels that feel that way? And you heard Whitney read that verse. Like that's the life God wants us to live. That how many of you would your children ask for bread and you give them a stone or they, they ask for a, you know, you give them a snake. And, and so like in, in our lives, in our lives though, you might've been that kid that your parents <laughs> gave you a stone instead of bread. And, but in, but what God wants us to do is to be like him towards our yeah. kids, because what they end up doing is they live a life and they go, wow, like if my earthly parents feel that way about me, then how much more does my father in heaven love me and want what's best for me and want me to follow his plan. But what you and I have to do as leaders is we have to get in God's plan. Yeah. We have to seek for ourselves to understand yeah. what it means to be like him so that we can follow that pattern so that our family can do the same thing and we can receive the promise. Josh, so you know, good. Here, here's, what, here's what happened. I, and I, want, I want all of you uh, who are younger to hear me and all of you who just want to be younger. <laughs> How many of y'all want to be younger? Sure. Forever young. That's a church hymn. Veronica, that's us. That's us. Okay. So here's, here's what I would hear my girls say. And Josh didn't say it as much, but I knew he felt this way. I would say, you're beautiful. Well, you're just my dad. I want you to think about that for a minute. And we minimize. Now, if you never had a dad that told you that, but when you have a dad that speaks that into you and then the, the natural default is to go, well, you're, you're just my dad. In other words, the assumption is all dads feel that way and all dads communicate that. But as everyone here in the room knows, that is not the case. But I found that was interesting. 
because my girls, like I would tell them how beautiful they looked. Just or, take that for granted. Or, yeah, yeah it just, it's just like, listen, this is what I'm talking about. Don't be a person that minimizes anybody in your life that speaks life to you. Mm-hmm. Don't just think, oh, that's my husband. Oh, that's my wife. Oh, that's my children. Oh, no, those are gifts that God has yeah. given you. And that is God coming into your sphere every yeah. time you feel encouraged yeah. and enriched. Yeah. Never minimize it. Yeah. Never just think, well, that's, that's, your, that's just you're my dad. So yeah. I think sometimes, Josh, that's what can happen. Yeah. And so as far as the mandate, I just want to give you a couple of things and Josh and I are just flowing here, but I, I really did feel this. I felt like this, this word for a father's mandate on this Father's Day, just a couple of things. This is also on our app, our Elevate app. Make sure you download that. Make sure you get that. The notes will always be on there because sometimes, Josh, especially when you and I are talking, we may never even get to the notes. Well, I was going to say on that too, what's the, the story that we're telling in this season uh, how many, you know, well, you just need to go watch on our YouTube channel if you haven't seen it with Beverly and Presley and Beverly's story is, is that the, the thing is that God does is like, you might not have had that in, in your earthly parent relationship, but God invites us all to be those kinds of people that we become parents of choice and, and fathers and mothers of choice in people's lives that we speak life into them and we teach them to understand the plan, follow the pattern and receive the promise regardless of what the relationship looks like. Because the truth is today, although a lot of us in this room might have grown up and not had that kind of parenting, it's worse now than it's ever been. Yeah. And what we're doing as a it's, church. It's what's wrong with the world. Yeah. And what what's we're doing wrong, as a church. Me, go ahead, sorry. What's wrong with the world is fathering. Let me say that again. What's wrong with America, with, and America's the greatest country on the planet, greatest country there's ever, there ever has been. But, but the things that you see that are wrong in America all stem from a lack of fathering, 110%. That's why we're having this discussion. Yeah, that's, why we're, that's why we're having this discussion. But that's also why we're doing what we do as a church. Yes, because this is the in this only, family. Yeah, and this is the only thing that matters is us doing that so that we can reach young people. So you might, you might be a person that's like, well, I don't have kids right now, or you know, I had kids and they're older and I kinda, you know, I've, I've learned my lessons and I, I did as much as I could with my kids. But we got, we got youth that are about to be all over this church that need this, that need us to be the kind of people 211,000 just in this area. In our footprint, that need us to be those kind of people that get that and we take so seriously this mandate that we have regardless of what your age is, what your name is, where you come from, whatever. We take this mandate so seriously that God wants me to be like him for all of these people that represent the future because he wants to raise up a generation that really does change the world. Josh, my heart in starting this church was not just to have another church. I was 40 years old. I was a millionaire. I didn't need to start a church. The last thing I needed to do. But we started this church with a paradigm that somehow we could create a tribe where, where there wouldn't just be a pastor and a co-pastor, Sheila and Keith Craft, but we really took on a spiritual father and a spiritual mother role. Not because we were wanting to be a spiritual father and spiritual mother. We took seriously what God had, had put in our sphere by the time we turned 40 and when we started this church. And I, I had in my mind, still have in my mind, that God would want to raise up a great tribe 
of people from all ages, all ethnicities, all walks of life, rich, poor, doesn't matter how people have labeled you in the past, but where this would be a place where people would discover not only who Jesus is, but be developed or discipled and become Christ followers so that they could become ultimately biblically worldview, kingdom-based leaders in politics, in Hollywood, everywhere, in every sphere of society, that there would be a church that would be dedicated just for that. Not a church where we just all come in and it's our four and no more and we're just having a Holy Ghost experience and, oh, it's a good church, man, I love the worship there. No, 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 no. I had a dream in my heart that this would be a gathering place of eagles, that God would raise up the next generation to lead the world. That's what was yeah. in my heart. Yeah. And that's how we, that's how we parented slash pastored slash led you guys in spite of our own weaknesses, in spite of our own deficiencies, in spite of who we weren't as people. My whole goal has been to point them to God, not get them to follow me, but point them to God that there's, that there's enough God in me that somebody says, hey, that's enough followable excellence yeah. that I can at least yeah. have an advantage to be the person that God wants me to be in the earth and win. That's yeah. the dream. Yeah. You know? And that's what Psalm 145 says. You know, David says in Psalm 145, he says, let each generation stand in awe of your work and each generation tells yeah. of your mighty acts. Yeah. And you know what, you know what David's son Solomon said in the book of Proverbs in Proverbs chapter 22, he said, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart yeah. from it. And that's what we've been talking about in this series is training them up in the way. And what yeah. was the way, the way of David was let each generation proclaim your mighty acts. Yes. And Solomon comes behind him, who is his son and says, you know what we should do? We should teach our kids to follow the way that we're living. So, so pause just a second, Josh. So, Here's what I want to say to you guys. The education system, the emphasis on critical race theory, that many of you don't even understand. I encourage you to get Bodie Buckman's book. Bodie Buckingham. Buckingham. I'll get it out. Bodie Botcham wrote a book called Fault Lines. Fault Lines. I encourage you to get the book. It explains critical race theory so you're not just hearing about it. It explains intersectionality, so you're not just hearing about it. Critical it social justice. Critical social justice, the difference between social justice and biblical justice and what it means. I'm going to tell you, in this family, we're going to understand it, yeah. and we're going to lift Jesus up, and we're going to defy whatever culture says that that's the direction they're going to go. But with your kids, listen to me, with your kids, they're being influenced by ungodly I don't even want to call it leadership, but ungodly ideologies that are shaping them. And that's why we're going after them. I'm not going to sit, I'm not going to sit back and go, well, I guess, you know, the education systems are deciding what they're going to do and what not to do and whatever governor's saying, whatever legislation is for each state. In this family, we're going to lift Jesus up. We're going to bring young people in. We're going to say, you know what? We want you to know the truth yeah. and the truth you know is going to set you free. Yeah. And that's our goal. Yeah. That's our focus. Yeah. So much confusion, yeah. so much gender identity confusion, so much let's have pride in this and pride in that. Now, let me tell you something. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's let this be the standard. That's the goal. Yeah. That's that's the goal. That's what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. And so what we have to do is we have to be the kind of people that make what matters most to God matter most to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. As a parent, there's a, there was an article written recently by the National Review, 
and they did a study across religions in the United States. You know, the, the fastest growing religion in the U.S. is what's called the nuns. That means people with no religious affiliation. That doesn't necessarily mean they're atheists. That just means they don't, they don't align with any faith system. And so the National Review, from a secular perspective, talked about uh, religions and how generationally religions just are basically going away. And this is what they said in the article. They said, the odds of successful religious transmission are very closely related to the frequency of intentional, formal, parent-led religious activities and instruction. But many religious parents continue to operate under the delusion that their children will just pick up religion along the way or return to the faith as they get older. You know, one of the things that we've always taught in this church is that the parents are the primary faith trainer yeah. of their kids. Yeah. And I've been, I've, I've, I've been in youth ministry before in my life. I've dealt with a lot of uh, uh, well-meaning, wonderful parents who do not know anything about God, do not know anything about the word. The only word they get is on Sunday morning and they don't teach their kids anything. And they drop their kids off at church and expect their, the church to teach their kid how to follow Jesus. And that's not the church's job. The church's job is to reinforce what a parent's already doing at home. Um, there was a, yeah. So, yeah. so we believe that parents, it's not something that just happens. Your kids aren't just going to believe like you and live like you just because you want them to, or you hope they do, or they receive it from you. There's got to be intentionality behind that. So what begins to happen is we have all these different breakdowns and we're trying to figure out and we're trying to wonder, we're wondering why. There was a conversation I had with a person a, a, a few years ago that was in the process of, they, they, they said they were going to go to a, another church because our kids' ministry didn't serve their kids well enough. And they said, you know, the thing is, y'all don't even teach my kids the names of the disciples. And I said, okay, well, what are the names of the disciples? And uh, he goes, I don't know. That's not relevant. I said, that's the only thing that's relevant. If you want us to teach something that you don't even know, how are, we gonna, how are, we gonna, how are you going to reinforce yeah. that when you go home? Now there are places, there are places that where that doesn't matter. Like you just come and you do you and whatever, and we'll, we'll figure it out along the way. No, what we have to do in our life, in our families, in our personal world, we have to make what's important to God important to us. Yeah. We have to be people that, Hey, you know what? I'm a, I'm a train you. I'm a raise you up, train up a child in the way they should go. That's not have other people train them up. Don't send them to boarding school and expect them to come back and understand your family values. You train up your child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it yeah. if, you, if you make the decision to do that. So we have to be those people that lead that way and model that. And I'm a person at 34 years of age, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old that just, just pray for them. We're believing that they're going to get saved. <laughs> um, but I've, I've had, I had parents in my life who regardless of where we were, what church we happened to go to in different seasons because we traveled a lot growing up. My mom, my dad would be on the road 40 plus weeks a year. My mom had us in church every Sunday, no matter what. We didn't have games on Sundays. We didn't have ECAs on Sundays. Even if we did, son, you're missing the game. Sorry, we got church. We're doing, we're doing kingdom business. We're doing kingdom stuff. Now that's hard in culture. But if you want to take your cues from culture, you just build more of what culture wants, which I'm not really super cool with. But I don't, I don't, so I don't want to take my cues from culture. I want to take my cues from God. And, and when my children are old, I, they will not depart from it. Just like I haven't because I've had parents who live that way. And that's what God wants all of us to do. Yeah, that's the goal. So again, let me encapsulate. So father's mandate is to seek to be a true son. Talk to fathers for a minute to seek, to be a true son of God so that you can be a true God like father. 
So seek to be that. But also as a, as a daughter, seek to be a true daughter. Like, God, I want your plan for my life. Like, I want that plan. Now, listen, you don't ask God for his plan and then go do whatever you want to do that doesn't line up with this book. Because that way it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. So in other words, that's the first thing. So seek to be that kind of son. Seek to be that kind of daughter. That, God, I want to be, I want to be faithful to you. I want to subscribe to what your Bible says, to what the number one selling book of all time. Again, even if you don't believe in God today and you're listening or maybe you're watching, this is the number one best-selling book of all time. Why? Because it defies culture. It defies the odds. It defies the ages. It's the wisdom of Almighty God. And as we begin to know that, Josh, and if I'm a, a son and a daughter of God, then, and I acknowledge that to God, then what's been activated is now he is my father. He can show me. He can lead me. He can guide me. David prayed this in Psalms 25. He said, Lord, teach me your way. Show me your path. Lead me into the way of everlasting. That's got to be our heart. So that's the first thing. Seek to be that son and daughter of God so that you can be the father and mother that are God-like to your family. The second thing, make matter to you what matters most to God. And I mentioned this earlier. So many Christians, I've grown up in this, they're trying to make they're trying to make what's important to them to God. Like, God, I need you to do this. God, and and th then they lose their faith when God doesn't make important to him what they think should be important to him. When God doesn't fix something, when God doesn't heal somebody, then all of a sudden there's all kind of doubt and trust issues with God. Because God, you're supposed to be my genie in the bottle here and you didn't do it. God says, listen, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means his way of doing things and all these other things will be added unto you. So the father's mandate and fathers, let me talk to you for a minute. I've got to be a, a man. I've got to be a father. I've got to be a husband, a grandfather now that says, God, I want to make important to, to me what's important to you. So I've got to find out what's important to God. This is a huge thing. So Jesus said this in John 12. He said, I do not speak of my own authority. The father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the father says for me to say. So my children, let me tell you what an ace in the hole was for me. My children knew it wasn't just me saying my way. I was pointing them to God's way. Let me tell you what, 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 will, what, will, what will make your children rebellious. That if you have no covenant or relationship with God and you just try to make them be a good little girl and a good little boy and do more good than they do right and not cause you any problems, if that's your mentality, then what's going to happen is why should they respect what you say? Because you respect what God says. And in our family, it's not Keith Craft's way. In our family, it's God Almighty's way. So as a father, that was an ace in the hole for me. Why? Because I was ascribing to the same thing I was telling them. On the other hand, many of you were raised like I was. I had a very strong mother who loved God, but my father was not a strong leader. And so my father actually said out of his mouth, this is the way he raised me. Don't do as I do, do as I say. How many of you had some kind of similar experience like that? Like, like if you're a parent, you have no authority with your children if you're not living the way you're telling them to live. 
Zero authority. Why would they listen to you? If you don't honor God, why would they honor you? So again, I want you to understand this was, this was like, this is like what made my parenting great, not me, but the fact that we were doing this together. And so I would tell our children, I'd say, look, whatever we do, let's do together. I had no, I didn't, didn't create a business at that time that they could be involved in. I didn't build a church that they could be involved in. None of that. I was just saying, hey, whatever we do, let's do it together. What I was saying is, however we decide in life to do, let's do it together and let's do it for the glory of God. Let's do it with a sense of purpose for advancing God's kingdom. And then the last mandate that I want to give you is, is simply this. And Josh, just stand up with me here. As a father... I want to live the legacy that I want to leave. And so Pastor Sheila wrote a great book about it. If you don't, if you hadn't got the book, if you hadn't read the book, read the book. Because at some point you got to realize your legacy is not about you. I want you to really hear what I'm saying. I'm not trying to live in such a way that my kids will remember me, that they'll name a building after me, that they'll just so esteem me. No, 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 no. Your legacy is not about you. Your legacy is because of you. And when you understand that, I'm not living the way I'm living so I'll be remembered. I'm not living the way I'm living so people will be impressed. I'm living the way I'm living because I'm striving to be a true son of God in the earth that maybe with God's hand on my life, he'll say, you can be a father like me because you're a son to me. And because of that, maybe his hand will be on my life. Maybe his blessing will be on my life. Maybe he really does have a plan to prosper me. And I'm just telling you that maybe for me was settled a long time ago because I know without a shadow of a doubt, God loves me. God has a great plan for my life. And if I'll just submit to that, he'll say, let's go, man. It's going to be a great life. It's going to be a great run. And when I, Josh, when I was laying in that hospital room two years ago, Today, before the doctor came in, not knowing whether I had heart damage, kidney failure, not knowing anything about the future, I laid there and here's what I thought. Here's what I said to God. God, I feel like that you've given me the privilege to be a son of yours in the earth. I really have, in spite of myself, God, you know me. I feel like that I've done my best. So if this is my time, then it's my time. But can I just tell you, God, I like want to do this with my family. And I wasn't just talking about my family of origin. I'm talking about you. Like, God, I want to do something great on the earth for your glory. And I just, if you'll just give me a little bit more time. And I prayed that prayer. And he's given me a little bit more time. So this is my second year after that, I, after I should have died. But here's what I'm telling you. More than ever before, I tell my children now, everything that I'm doing, I'm thinking about you. Every move I make, every financial decision I make, it's not about me at this point. It's not about, well, let me see if I can make some more money. Everything I'm doing is about them, but watch this, and they know it's about this. It's about y'all. It's about us. It's about this tribe that maybe, maybe, maybe 
God has chosen us for such a time as this to be this kind of tribe that would say, God, we believe that you are not only God, but we believe that we're your sons and we're your daughters. And we believe you have plans to prosper us. And God, we just receive your hand of favor and blessing on our lives, on our marriages, on our families, on our businesses, so that everything we set our hands to do, it will prosper. 21 years later, I'm still dreaming the dream. Now, Josh, I've you guys are our children. We've got grandchildren, but now we've got a group of people that are saying, you know what? We want that same thing too. Like we want the hand of God on our life. We believe God has a plan for us. We're going to find out what the patterns are to follow. And guess what? Every promise that has our name on it, every promise in the name of Jesus, now I'm prophesying over you, that has your name on it, it is going to come from heaven to earth for you and for your family. And guess what, Josh? That's the kind of father I want to be. That's the kind of family I want us to have. And let's go do it for the glory of God. Amen. Is that good? You with me? Yeah, all the way. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.